1: today on the
0: TMZ podcast. Welcome to the TMZ podcast. Derek and Eric here. Good morning. Uh good morning to you. So, let's jump right into some good stories cuz we have a full slate. I want to start with Elon Musk and the Twitter drama. Yeah. So, it is ongoing the trial for this uh, case w- where you remember Elon agrees to buy Twitter. For
2: $44 billion.
0: Yes, exactly. For $44 billion, $54.20 a share, he then tries to back out of the deal. Obviously, the economy is a bit in shambles. The price of Twitter has tanked, and when you agree to buy a company for more than you expected to pay, or the deal looks worse in the future, sometimes buyers get cold feet and they try to back out. Well, he backed out of the deal, and Twitter said, no, you don't have a good enough reason. We're going to hold your feet to the fire. We're going to sue you. Drag you to court and ask the court to force you to buy this company, which is an extreme remedy. It doesn't often happen, but you could see it here in in Delaware. Um, well, as they're gearing up for the trial, you take depositions, you do discovery, you get documents. Elon wanted to depose the CEO of Twitter because a lot of the controversy is about uh, the number of spam bots, we'll call them, that they that they uh, put in their financial filings over the years. For the past five years, they said we have this number of spam bots. Elon Musk says they have way more. Which means he's getting fewer number of actual people. Real So he's like, oh, now yes.
2: you're not really giving me as much as you said you were.
0: That's right. That's right. He wants to prove that they deliberately misled him. Uh, they've been misleading, I guess, the government as well, misleading their advertisers, because spam bots and the number of them uh, relate to the business, the, the sort of central core of the business. Which what's is the number of users you have? If you have find a significant number are fake, then it's not worth as much. Now, what's interesting to take a step back is part of the reason Elon decided to buy Twitter, because he's a very public person is he tweeted endlessly about I want to address the spam bot problem that Twitter has a problem with a lot of spam bots and I want to go in take over the company and address this problem so now to use it as an excuse to back out of the deal a little suspect yeah but, to say I'm gonna buy
2: it to fix a thing and then be like well I don't want to buy it because they didn't already fix the
0: thing right <laughs> yeah he's like oh the thing is way worse than I expected yeah, so right I don't right. I don't want to clean up this mess well he wants to depose uh see uh, the the CEO of Twitter which is Parag Agrawal um and you know you set up these deposition notices and he says didn't show up and this is just drama usually these are very hard to get the depositions of ceos because they're very busy people they are you know not always available and you usually have to sort of schedule around uh with their availability well prog didn't show up and elon is saying i want to go into court and file a motion for contempt. This is sort of gamesmanship. He's it, probably it, not going to Elon do this. Elon for for all of his accomplishments and things is also a master troll. Master troll. And is this a real legal maneuvering or is this just him trolling again? This is posturing, if you ask me, because remember, Elon is also going to be deposed. And sometimes in a case, you want to get first crack at someone. So who is both of them are subject to a deposition. And maybe Parag is saying, well, I want to hear what Elon has to say about why he bought the company before I sort of give my testimony about uh, what I told him. So There's a little bit of brinksmanship. These are very, very high-paid law firms. They're making a lot of drama out of a deposition. This is not going to be a big deal for either. Even if he goes in and gets a motion for contempt, it's going to be a slap on the wrist. The trial is going to go forward on October 17th. Elon is doing everything he can to try to basically delay this as much as possible because if he... Creates more confusion. It helps him. Twitter wants a very clean case. We had a contract. You bought the company. Judge, just make him buy the company. Elon benefits from saying, oh, there's these security issues. There was a new report that uh, a former Twitter employee said, oh, there's a lot of security issues, including spam bots. And he wants to depose that person and just basically throw enough uncertainty into the deal that it scuttles it and he's able to extract either you know, a concession on the deal price or whatever, but yeah. the drama over depositions is is really a sideshow,
2: and and it is, and it, I think part of Elon's thing was, you know, when he announced he was going to buy Twitter, all the all the Elon Bros on Twitter were like, yeah, do it, buy it, save it, and now if he's backing out of it, he's got to save face with them.
0: Yes, so, he so he's really going to be does. like, well, guys, I was I was going to come fix this for you, but ugh. This is a real test of our legal institutions. I've said this with with, with Trump cases before. That there, there's a sense with Elon Musk they're very different people, but there's a sense that he believes he is a bit above the law. And I don't want to be sort of too provocative with how I say that, but he thinks he can back out of this deal because he can back out of this deal, and he just will. Now, if a court is going to stand up to Elon, he'll probably appeal it and so forth. This could drag out for years. But it's unclear how you force someone to part with their money uh, yeah. who actually doesn't want well, to. Maybe, maybe well, maybe Twitter said no takebacks. Yeah, no takebacks. I mean, it, this is an interesting case, uh, and, and we'll continue to follow it because it is really just a clash of egos. I think as a lawyer, I look at this case, it's pretty clear that Twitter has the better of the arguments. Yet I'm not confident that Elon won't be able to find some way to wriggle out of it. And, yeah. and he's, you know, he's, he's proven himself before, so uh, I wouldn't count him out yet.
2: Well, <laughs> something that will be sure to uh, set Twitter aflame. Mm. Who is Khloe Kardashian dating? Unbelievable. The saga <laughs> continues. It does. Uh, she was uh, in Italy yeah. and was photographed with this model, Michelle Moroni, who looks like he was, like, carved out of stone. Very yes. handsome guy. Uh, and, of course, people were not, like, they were, like, kind of intimately hugging each other. And, of course, like, oh, this is who she's dating now. Right. It looked more than, like a, more than a friendly hug. But it But also, you don't know with the Kardashians, whether you're reviewing reality, reviewing a yeah. plot point. Yeah. You, you, so, don't, you don't know. Spoiler, they're not dating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the first time they had met, <clears throat> and they were asked, you know, to take a photo. And she's just affectionate. It, well, that's, <laughs> they look like they're posing in the photo. Like, she's... Yeah. They they are hugged, you know, he's got his arm kind of around her and she's close
0: to him. But they're both, like, he's looking at her, she's looking at the camera. Yes both people benefit from a photo like this. Michelle Moroni is not a big name. He was no. in a show called 365 Days, but yeah. he's not on the tip of uh, your tongue. He's not at the forefront of no. anyone's mind. So when he has an opportunity to align himself or sort of be in close proximity to a mega star like Khloe Kardashian, he's going to ham it up. It makes sense for him to sort of overplay of the horse. She is dealing with her own fallout from Tristan, so it makes sense for her to sort of put her arm around another handsome man. And, and have, get a, a different have another story conversation line. going besides, oh, poor Khloe. Right, exactly. Right now, the only conversation going on is either I have no sympathy for Chloe, she got into this with Tristan, or Woe is me, Chloe, and she wants a new storyline. So she, yeah. you know, sidles up next to Moroni so, yeah, and this, they this, both get some benefit out of it. The photo comes
2: out, everybody's like, oh, they're dating. But clearly you know this isn't a real thing. Because right. one, people saw the photo because he posted it. That's right. There's no so way if Chloe Kardashian is dating clear. this actor that most people have not ever heard of, this Italian actor, she's not gonna let him control the narrative and put the photo out and
0: scoop her basically on it. That's right.
2: It's gonna be revealed. You know, there'll be hints, people will start talking,
0: then it'll be announced on their show or something. That's right. It would have been a much more managed, rolled out experience. If, uh, But I imagine he looked at it and said, like, you know, can I post this? And she probably thought to herself for a second, mm, I need another storyline. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but if but she, she had done it, it would have been much more controlled for the rollout, for Hulu, for course, creating some of sort course. of dramatic tension. What Kardashian is so going to start dating somebody and just put a photo out and say, we're dating. It doesn't work like that. Is there uh fatigue on your part with the Kardashians? Yeah. I am starting to experience it. Now, I, I respect them and their ability to carry the public's interest for more than a decade now. Yeah. Right. 15 I, years. 15 years we have been interested in this rather ordinary family. I, I only say ordinary in terms of their, you know, identifiable talents. Their talent is reality television and is sort of generating interest on their... Personal lives for, for whatever well, that is. It's reality. also because, you know, it's like people say they, they've gotten, they're
2: tired of Hollywood, like, you know, doing remakes and reboots and yeah. sequels. Well, that's what the Kardashians are at this point. Oh, Tristan cheated on Chloe. Been there, done that. I, it feels like we're on season we're, 50 we're of General about Hospital. Kim like, and Ray J again in and, and the sex tape and Kanye. It's like, it we do all back. of this. Yeah. It's circled back so to think the origin maybe story. Maybe it's like a
0: lull period until the, the kids get a little bit older. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Because the kids drama. are like, you know, very sort of charismatic and interesting, but they're still too little to carry a show but when they're teenagers i think you will see the next generation and you'll see sort of the kardashians uh of, of the current era recede a little bit
2: well Kim will become like Chris yes Chris will in, in forge a path as the grand or whatever wow <laughs> we're gonna see
0: it's a, it's a dynasty the grand dame of the Kardashian clan is is, uh. is, is going to emerge uh, so fascinating but look we're still talking about it. it's the second story after Elon Musk which is the biggest story in financial news we're like yeah. hey who's Khloe, Khloe Kardashian side no, up next who's to who's Khloe so. Kardashian not dating not
1: dating <laughs> the <laughs> story right. is she's not dating somebody the, the news is non-news that's how big they are All right, let's move on to uh, bigger and more serious news.
0: So Roger Stone, he is the Richard Nixon acolyte. He was one of the dirty tricksters of the 70s era with you know associated with watergate and so forth he has a large nixon tattoo on his back you can't trust shoulder. anybody that loves N- nixon that much loves him deeply <laughs> and loves him for the all of the wrong reasons i am also a nixon fan but i don't celebrate these elements of nixon's personality he's sort the of paranoia a, and the cheating it's gross it's gross it's a perversion of all of nixon's to, to the extent you think he's ha- had ideals, the, the better angels of Nixon. He he sort of yeah. leans into the worst elements of Richard Nixon, and they become this sort of grotesque uh, monstrosity in Roger Stone. And
2: Roger Stone then becomes embroiled with Donald Trump. Yes, of
0: because course. Because it's a lot of the same things he liked about Nixon. Yes, a lot of the same things. So there's video that has now surfaced um, of Roger Stone the day before the 2020 election, when there was all the controversy, and before January 6th, uh, where he is... I think in a car you don't see him. Did you watch the video? He's you hear his voice and he says, "You know, fuck the voting. Let's get right to the violence. If you see anyone from Antifa, shoot to
1: kill." Well, fuck the voting. Let's get right Let's get to, right to right the to violence. It. Let's get right to it. Shoot to kill. See see an Antifa? Shoot to kill. Come. Yeah. Done with this bullshit
0: sort of agitating, now Roger Stone always defends himself by saying, yeah, I'm a provocateur. I say a lot of stuff I don't mean, and that's how he sort of maintains a comfortable remove from whatever vicious things come out of his mouth, he says, look, I, that's that's rhetoric. Rhetoric is and, not And violence. he says this
2: This is part of a, a documentary that's coming out, and he's like, oh, this has been heavily edited, basically yes. saying fake news.
0: He's basically calling it fake news. Now, what is more telling is, this is the more provocative thing he says, where he says, let's get to the violence. Everyone is going to seize on that, but there is another part where he's talking to two guys, and he's in a sort of calmer moment, and he says, uh, look, the election results, I believe, this is before the election happens in 2020, he says, I I believe they'll be up in the air and he says to the extent they're up in the air we should declare victory early even if it's not true now this is the core of his political philosophy yeah. and where sort of a lot of people believe the republican party is he says look possession is nine tenths of the law which it's not but everyone hangs on to that canard and he says what what he means by that is it doesn't matter the results don't matter uh as long as we profess that that
1: we've won we can call the rest fraud i really do suspect it would still be up in the air when that happens, the key thing to do is to claim victory. Possession is nine tenths of the law. No, we won. F you. Sorry, over. We won. Yeah. You're wrong. F you.
0: This is the dangerous stuff about Roger Stone. I don't think well, the let's Antifa is that. Remember, dangerous. you know, the election
2: in twenty twenty took days before Biden was declared the winner, because yes. it was so close in so many places. And Trump was already declaring victory. And we we saw we know that was the playbook and it played out
0: and then it led to January sixth. Yes. Like, and we're still dealing with it um, two years later. This is the profoundly anti-democratic sort of sentiment that Roger Stone, that we should be worried about with respect to Roger Stone. If he's able to sort of gain uh, sort of power, and he has some degree mm-hmm. of power, he's a little bit of a clown in, in all senses, but- you Well, he was gonna be in prison, but yeah. then Trump pardoned him. Yeah, but he still has him. the ear of important people in the Republican party, and moving in this direction is just dangerous. Like, the other stuff seems, you know, ridiculous and politically motivated and awful in its own way. Violence, obviously, I'm not sort of condoning anyway, any way, but I don't think anyone takes Roger Stone seriously when he says he's going to shoot Antifa. He, he, he didn't do that, and he probably didn't even mean it. He does mean this. I think mm-hmm. he does mean like we can grab power if we just say we won, regardless yeah. we'll, of the outcome. We'll win by votes, and if we don't, then we'll just say we won anyway, and then we'll <sighs> set up the system so that that can happen. Yeah. So the clip is going to be part of sort of the House Select Committee, which is investigating the January sixth uh, here, you know, the January sixth insurrection. I don't know. I want want to tread carefully here. My worry is that when the House looks at Roger Stone, he's such a slippery figure that he is able to twist things into his benefit for his constituency. When they look at this, he's going to look over his shoulder, essentially, metaphorically, and say, like, they're so ridiculous. They see this as all serious, and and I'm not a serious guy. I'm just sort of a provocateur. And it makes the Democrats look like— hand-wringing, cl- pearl-clutching party, yeah. and that's what I worry about. This is actually serious, but they're going to the, frame the, it as you guys, are, you guys are reading too much into it, you and, take Trump and, and, too seriously. And that's the thing, and to say, you
2: know, that, okay, well, Roger Stone's Roger Stone, he is yeah. who he is and always has been, but nobody in the Republican Party will denounce this. Nobody will, that's right, because, and that's telling. And that's that's bad. That, that
0: sentiment especially. I don't,
2: gonna... don't want to see, this is, again, not a partisan thing. No party should say, well, we just win whether we do or not. Right. That's how you fall into a dictatorship and democracy dies and that's not good for anybody right i don't
0: know why so how More do people you deal with denying, someone uh, like, ah, this. don't take me that seriously when i say ridiculous things I'm you just, take him seriously I'm just, I'm just blowing you don't let him you don't him let him dismiss
2: when, you, when someone has you know it's not just like a one-off comment right here or there like you said this is this guy's entire political career. philosophy it's his whole career for decades yeah and we see people
0: with power siding with him yes you have, you have to denounce it. You have to take it seriously. I think you're right. I mean, as much as the blowback will be like, look at how ridiculous the Democrats are. They're hypocrites. They do the same thing on their side. Th- that is going to be sort of the defense mechanism that you see rolled out by Roger Stone because he's done it countless times. He, I mean, he's, this is not the first time he's been attacked for the things he said or the things he professes to believe on on talk shows and whatnot. Um, but I think this could be a little bit stickier because it seems like a more private moment. It is awful on its face to sort of say, like, it doesn't matter what the results of a democratic election yeah. are. He's not even saying that there is fraud. He's saying it doesn't matter because I will say there's fraud. That's what's problematic And then even to if me.
2: the other line is jokey, then to say, well, we can back that up with violence. You know, we're seeing all the things going on in Iran right now. And and i've seen trending pictures of what it was like in the 70s yeah and because people think well that could never happen here it could yeah (laughs) we really don't want to be too alarmist but also
0: history shows how these things happen i agree when you have some historical perspective uh us being sort of the greatest superpower is a a precarious balance of a lot of things going on and we could be losing our grip on that believing too strongly anything's like well that couldn't happen here yeah
2: and then it does. It happens in a lot of places And then it's just, never thought it could happen.
0: And then it's a note in a history book and you move on. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, this is sort of a dour appraisal of, of yeah. our current state of affairs. But it, but it is something we...
2: It, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but we need to. That's the problem. You can't, yeah. you can't ignore, ignore it or dismiss this. it. Yes.
0: yes. He wants you to sort of... He wants his people to sort of uh, internalize his views and have everyone else ignore them as as, as nonsense. But... It's you a joke really until really do it's need not. to de- take it quite seriously. Um, let's move on to something more hopeful.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, well... Hopeful for everybody but Ben Affleck. He's yes. out of a job. Because it's, it's NASA does not need people to fly to
0: asteroids and blow them
2: up anymore. This is Armageddon. It this really is, it's happened. It's Armageddon Except we didn't land and drill and into Ben it. Affleck, yeah. Yes. So NASA has a, a, a spacecraft that's flown into an asteroid. They did this deliberately,
0: crashed it into it. Yes. To see if they could knock it off course. Yes. This is an existential threat to humanity, to yeah. to life on Earth. If an asteroid of a large enough size impacts the Earth at the, you know, sort of speed that asteroids move, it could be calamitous. I mean, this is what can, the movie's it can, Deep Impact it can and can wipe, wipe out, out our humanity. Map. Yeah. Yes, and we've thought about this since the late 90s, and we and watched movies about it. And this is the kind
2: of you know this sounds kind of ridiculous. We paid lots and lots of money to what 325 million. 325
0: million to to, to, to ram a rocket. Yes, <laughs> yeah, to crash a rocket. <laughs> People but, look at those numbers and must be like, Good lord, what are we doing? But it's to save humanity. I mean, but it is. is it's, test- it's, it's that sort of, oh, you
2: know, the ounce of prevention kind of thing. That's right. So they they took a And it seems like a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so they had this asteroid that was not a threat to the Earth. Yes. But they, it was like, okay, this size could be pretty horrible if something like this hit us. Yes. Let's see if we can do this. And they had a camera on the front of the, the, the rocket and they flew it right into the asteroid. You can see it getting closer and closer. It's sort and then of static the, yeah.
0: images of how close it as it is. And then the signal cuts out. It's unreal. which is where
2: NASA messed up because they really should have sent a drone to get the shot of it Hitting that I agree
0: with the production. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, so the the impact is camera go- Explodes. You don't see it. You need the drone circulate Yeah, circling. what's another hundred million dollars for a drone to at, at that point send the drone out? Yeah Because you want to see it in the vacuum of space and so we'll figure out how to fly the drone Because It would seem way cooler if you could see uh, But it is the the elation uh, of the people in the room I mean the, this is this is very difficult to do. I think we watched this and it seems like a fait accompli because there's a lot of numbers that have been crunched. There wasn't much doubt that they were going to be able to hit the asteroid. But remember, this is a huge accomplishment. That asteroid is traveling at, I think, tens of thousands of miles it's an going hour. Very it's fast. going very fast. The rocket's static. going
2: very fast. So you have these, you know, we think of an asteroid or a rocket as a huge thing, but yes. in space, they're little tiny specks. That's right. And to get one to hit the other and then in space, in a, sp- in, a, in a spot to redirect its course. And it hit it, it hit it, I think. I, I That's looked. much more math and science than I can understand, but
0: it said fortunately it there are people who can. Within 17 meters of the center of the asteroid. Do you know how small 17 meters is in the vastness of space to hit with that kind of accuracy? Well, no, use feet
2: because this is America.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Don't hit me with meters, I'm not trying to do metric now. So so what, 50, 50 feet? Uh, yeah, It's remarkable. And it is remarkable that they were able to have that kind of accuracy with that kind of impact. I mean, we do SAT problems. A train is leaving from one station. Uh, you're losing and you're, me. You're, you're already lost. <laughs> you know. But this is a. That's a why a they huge were so triumph. happy because one, the the math
2: checked out. Yes. And also, they theoretically just saved humanity.
0: That's right. So this this asteroid apparently was going to make, in, in October, was going to make a near miss of Earth. So there weren't high stakes if they missed it, because it was going to miss Earth anyway. But they can measure the... Uh, well, you don't want to wait until it is high stakes to test it. That's right. <laughs> we want then, to know that we can hit oops. a moving asteroid when yeah. we see one coming. And now, like, uh, I don't worry about this. I sleep well at night that yeah. we're not going to be impacted by a gigantic asteroid. And they, they were excited about it. Also because Bill Nye, the science guy, was in the control room, <laughs> took a cell (laughs) Taking selfies in the control room. Yeah, you're
2: like, yay, we saved the Earth. And that's Bill
0: Nye. I'm telling you. I mean, we'll have to see how much they sort of altered the trajectory. But the idea is to obviously make it miss, miss impact rather than uh, hit Earth. Because imagine, you know, asteroids are small, but they're bigger than rockets. So it didn't really... It probably didn't change its trajectory all that much, but all you have to do is a fraction just enough to the distance, to not slam so into the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic or whatever. Um, I love this kind of stuff, and it was—it's so good to see the triumph of nerds in a, in a place because it felt like <laughs> yeah. a, the end of a trivia tournament for me, where they're all like, "Huzzah!" Excelsior! except, except you get like free pretzels, and they might have saved the Earth. So <laughs> this is true. That's I, I get a round of shots that um, you don't even drink. That's right. That's right. All right, I want to do one more story. We have a little bit of time, so yeah. I'm going to jump into this because it was interesting to me. Um, the concussion doctor who is, um, what's his name? Bennett Omalu. Uh, we talked to him. Some of our sports guys did an interview with him because over the weekend— I oh, would we th- say quickly, his qualifications won the Will Smith movie Concussions based right. on him because he's the one who basically discovered CTE. Yes. He studied the uh, anatomy of the brain and saw that all these plaques were developing, and he says, holy cow, football's a really dangerous game. And his, his whole mission has been to sort of profess— how dangerous it is. Uh, So he knows what he's talking about. He knows a lot what he's talking about. He is an expert in this field. Um, Tua Tua Tagovailoa, uh, the Dolphins' star quarterback, uh, was you know pummeled during a game he, he hit his he head he slammed you can his see head it. on the turf the Dolphins subsequently said ah oh, this was a back injury but to the naked eye of it Ben Amalo, he well, said look you, you his can head see hit the turf. you watch when he gets back up and is walking off the field he, he just, stays. he almost collapses yes and and to watch this and see the player sort of taken off the field for a few plays and then come back in to play football uh, is horrifying to Ben and Amalu. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not he's a very passionate speaker. He's not sort of overwrought with like tears or anything, but he's very matter of fact. And what he says is, look, uh, this guy suffered permanent brain damage. I, I, I don't want to sort of sugarcoat this. He says when your brain hits against your skull, uh, it is damaged by that in a permanent sense. And he says, I thought what was interesting here is he says, look, if Tua, uh, if Tua broke his leg on the field, he'd obviously be carted off the field, he'd have a broken femur or whatever leg bone, and he'd have to be out of the game for three months. He said the same should happen with his brain. How on earth can we pull him out of his game, give him some smelling salts and say, this guy's ready to go because back Because they in?
2: can still play with a brain injury. They can't play with a broken leg. And and now the, the Dolphins say like they didn't, ask him to go back out. He wanted to do it. Yes. But also, he if he's concussed, he's not even really a, capable of making straight. that decision. Uh, the thing I, th- I thought that uh, Dr. Malu said was so interesting, he goes, uh, he says your life should be worth more to you than any amount of money. Your life is worth more than ten billion dollars because you can't replace your life. You have only, you only
0: have one life. I thought it was so powerful. I really do. And this is he also sort of uh, expressed sentiments that make it clear that he'll never be an NFL doctor because yeah. if he sees concussions, he says I want to keep them out for three months. I mean that's that's what would, is necessary for the inflammation to subside. The season would be very short. It'd be a very short <laughs> season. He would never get a job in that way. And that that to me is really sad. And he says he puts a little bit of the blame on on Tua, where he says, look, uh, yes. The doctors cleared him, but no one put a gun to his head. That it said, he had to run out there. I, I I think it's a little uncharitable because when you when you have a coach or a doctor saying, "Hey, you're fine, you're cleared to play," there's a there's a sort of culture of machismo to be like, "Well, then I'm going to yeah, go out I, there." I and mean, play. look at
2: how much just people with, with like Simone Biles when she said she you know didn't want to be part of the team yes. for her own health. Look how she was savaged. Yeah, besides, yes. it, because people weren't just oh well. Look how you're letting your team down. Yes, if you're a football player and you and you think. I'm capable of going back and doing this and nobody's telling me I can't.
0: Which is why it's incumbent on the doctors, the adults in the room. Remember, Tua and the athletes, they have one mission, their tunnel vision. They they want to perform on the field and they wanna execute and 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 win. But and I, even for the doctor's so the point of doctor view, have this is this is sad. But if you're the doctor and you think,
2: oh, this team's going to lose this game if I hold this player back. Yes. Do you want to deal with
0: the fans and the organizations and you'll be fired probably. You have to have someone with a tremendous backbone like a Benadamalu, Amalu who takes their job very seriously and their oath as a doctor to do no harm very seriously. The problem is guys like that never get the job. You know, you're, you're, you're in a system where... You can find a doctor who will be like, he's fine. Yeah, you're sort of interviewed by your ability to get players back on the field not your ability to hold them off the yeah. field and be as cautious and conservative as possible. So I find this endemic to the sport. It's a real big problem. You know, I have kids. I I would never let my, I never played football uh, because I always knew it was damaging to my brain and my yeah, brain isn't anointing. That's was an the important
2: reason. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what held you back. I mean, I had that such big raw brain athletic just held ability. you back, I know.
0: But I wouldn't let Carter play. I, I think it's I think it's a sport that will over time be looked at as very very savage almost in the realm of cockfighting and things like that that we Look at as savage sports. Yeah, but there's a lot of that. money behind it too. There's so much. And people money love behind it.
2: it. It's you know, the people like like I love this team because my dad loved this team because his dad loved this team. Yeah. There's like generational things. People gotta let go. Uh, no, listen, I, I we got know. long traditions that we let go. There's a lot of problematic no, things we've done as a civilization you know, like, that we let go. Early football. Remember they had like the leather helmets. Yes, and then they're like, well,
0: that's not good enough. So do we hit a point where the teams come out and they're all just like in bubbles? Like <laughs> I guess so. We've made it almost so safe that they're using their heads like missiles. I mean, the the sport is in a really problematic, uh, precarious position now. Uh, you think it'll last because it's a very proud tradition? I think it will too. I think it. We won't see in our lifetime football go the way of cockfighting or but, anything but, like that. But, but also the difference
2: it, is you have to like what what they were pointing out with this case is that Tua wanted to go back. Yes. If if
0: the players are like I want to do this regardless of the risk and they want to do it. How do you stop them? Yeah, you have to have someone say, no, I'm not letting you go back in the game because if Tua wanted to limp out in the field with a broken leg, we wouldn't let him. And I think we have to start viewing brain trauma in the same way as we view broken bones, but we'll see. We'll see, that'll do it for us. Uh, Go ahead and download the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next time, bye.